Welcome to Earth Forum Northwest with your co-host Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. We have a very distinguished attorney on the line with us. He has a little time to share with us. We're talking about attorney Benjamin Crump, who we call Black America's Attorney General because he does get uh, justice for Black folks. Attorney Crump, we've all been watching. You are probably, you're world famous now for the work you've been doing. Uh, would you just kind of set the record straight? Let our First of all, let our listeners know about one minute about your background and then talk about some of the cases and some of the families you've helped uh, get some justice in, in America. So honored to be with you, Mr. Rye. Uh, as always on these matters, obviously, uh, I'm representing the family of George Floyd. Uh, as we all know, Derek Chauvin's trial is going on. Uh, regarding the killing of George Floyd, where Chauvin kept his knee on his neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds and tortured him to death in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I've also represented Trayvon Martin's family, Michael Brown's family, Breonna Taylor's family, and Ahmaud Arbery's family, families who uh, we've come to know through tragedy uh, and it's so unfortunate that this continues to happen to our people where police uh, kill us unjustifiably and uh, continue to uh, have this pattern of shoot first, ask questions later, or use excessive force. Uh, obviously, in, Der- in George Floyd's case, uh, we had a record uh, historical uh, $27 million Settlement based uh, on the civil justice under the Seventh Amendment. Now the question remains: Can the prosecutors do their job under the Tenth Amendment and make sure that he is uh, held criminally liable for killing George Floyd? And also, in Breonna Taylor, we had a record uh, civil resolution in the twelve million dollar historical settlement of her case. But Daniel Cameron, the attorney general, the first African-American who was a Republican, uh, close to Mitch McConnell, uh, did not do his job to make sure that the officers were held accountable, criminally liable. And that makes the difference. When you think about Keith Ellison, this uh, black Democratic first first African-American elected attorney general, Mr. Wright, who is zealously prosecuting these officers. It goes to show you that elections have consequences. And so we continue to be steadfast and fight for justice for all our people. Uh, the the uh, case, uh, and what gets a lot of people is the fact that uh, Minneapolis would uh, settle with you and the, uh, the Floyd family for $27 million before the trial. Has this ever happened before? It has. It's happened quite frequently with uh, white families. It doesn't happen frequently with black people. And one thing I'm trying to do is uh, make sure we raise the value of black life in America. The fact that we should have full justice, not just partial justice. We should get justice in the silver uh, court under the Seventh Amendment, and we should get justice in the criminal courts under the state police powers in the Tenth Amendment. 
It shouldn't just be that white citizens are able to get full justice and black people have to be content with partial justice. When uh, Miss Diamond in uh, Minneapolis was killed in a highly questionable uh, situation, uh, when she was in a dark alley acting erratic and the police came and they couldn't tell if she had a gun or not, and a Ethiopian uh, police officer uh, on the I'm sorry, uh, uh, officer who comes from Ethiopia was on the Minneapolis police force, shot and killed her. Highly questionable. Uh, many people believe that she was a black woman. Her family wouldn't have recovered uh, a dime, but they settled with her for $20 million. And nobody said whether or not her family should be able to get a criminal conviction. And so what that tells me is that we uh, expect for black people only to get one or the other when we deserve equal justice just like any other citizen in America. And so I am uh, happy that we're setting a new precedence in America that we get full justice and we're raising the value of black life in America. Uh, absolutely, sir. As a matter of fact, uh, we've had some high-profile cases in Washington State, and the local attorney, James Bible, former NAACP president, is representing We have a situation right now in the south of Tacoma, uh, the Manuel Ellis situation. I don't know if you heard about that. And then to add insult to injury, the elected sheriff of Pierce County, where Tacoma is located, uh, in January followed a black newspaper carrier, called 911 and said the brother was threatening him, 40 police cars showed up. When the cops got there, the other police got there, he said, oh, no, he didn't threaten me, but it was captured on 911. So this is another situation like that New York Park when the brother was had to have, happened to have that camera when the woman called 911 because if he'd not been recording that, he could be a, be dead right now. He could be a, a George Floyd right now. So uh, we know these situations happen. So what would you advise local communities to do to get uh, law enforcement accountability? I know we have some some state laws. Representative Jesse Johnson, our, our state uh, legislature, has been uh, promoting, along with Black Lives Matter, the Tacoma Black uh, Pierce County Black Collective, have been promoting and the NAACP uh, some fairness in policing and also in sentencing. Uh, what what do you see that works in terms of police accountability? Number one. Yeah, you know it, it's a, a a great question because George Floyd case is a a good example of we had there are three prongs to justice. You got civil justice, you got criminal liability justice, and then you got legislative justice as we're advocating for the George Floyd Justice and Police Accountability uh, Law to get passed by the United States Senate so that President Biden can sign it into law. And so when you think about that there, everybody needs to be going and engaging with their city council. Most people don't know that the chokehold is legal in most cities in the United States of America. And most of the times when police execute chokeholds, 70% of the time they're on minority men. So we need to be going down to city council and saying, if you have the chokehold as uh, legal and you haven't, had a city ordinance or code to outlaw that, 
in our city, then we need to get rid of it. Most people don't know that no, not once are legal. And, that you know, that was the uh, impetus of what led to Breonna Taylor being executed with six bullets in her body. So there are things we can do. We have to make sure we're engaged, we're educated, and we're empowered to go change these laws that can lead to the tragedies that we hear too often about that becomes hashtags. And we say, well, what could be done? Well, no, no, not what can be done after the tragedy. Let's be proactive and go try to make these laws so we can prevent the hashtags from happening in the first place. Well, we were fortunate to be able to put the pressure on, in Martin Luther King Jr. County, the Sheriff's Department were getting money to train the deputies how to use the choco. We were able to get the county council to reject that and also for the county sheriff, uh, the sheriff's department to stop using the choco. However, in two cities and, and the Martin Luther King Jr. County, the choco is still legal. And it's good you brought that up. But I tell you what, before you go, uh, this gentleman met you. His name is Reverend Dr. Leslie Braxton. He uh, uh, led a march uh, uh, seeking justice for a guy by the name of Robert Thomas Jr., who was shot by an off-duty police officer without a badge but a gun, and he led a march that went all the way down and blocked the freeway. Uh, he met you in Atlanta, so I just want you to say to hide him before you leave. Uh, he also was uh, involved with a silent march for Manuel Ellis uh, last month in, in Tacoma, Washington. Reverend Braxton, are you on the line? Yes, I am. How are you, Ed? But all right. Uh, oh. Attorney Benjamin Crump is on. He doesn't have very much time, but I want to make sure that one civil rights leader said hello to another one. Hello, uh, How are you doing, Freedom Fighter? I, I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? And, and I'm pleased that you're keeping up the fight. Thank you so much, Rev. Keep me in prayer, and please keep George Floyd's family in prayer as we continue on this journey to justice. I am literally watching the trial on TV now and uh, just morbidly fascinated at the lack of uh, humaneness in these officers that exuded from everyone else. It's just, it's startling the impunity that police officers so often have toward black bodies and America's blatant denial of what is a living reality for us over 400 years now in counting. And it remains to be seen what, um, what the outcome of this trial is going to be. Okay, so uh, uh, attorney, uh, uh, he, he, you and Pastor Braxton actually met in uh, in uh, Atlanta. As a matter of fact, he has your picture, and he you guys have a pic together. And I had him put it on Facebook today to let folks know you're going to be on, and he was going to be on. So, uh, is there anything you'd like to say, uh, Attorney Crump? Uh, I know that you said you were pushed for time. Yeah, I, I, I thank you all. Uh, I, I have to go, but let's continue to continue to engage and educate and empower our people. God bless you all. Thank you so much for your leadership, Mr. Rock. Thank you, sir, for your time today. We appreciate it. God bless you, sir. Okay. Now, Pastor Leslie David Braxton from New Beginnings Christian Fellowship and uh, a freedom fighter. Uh, he's going to be uh, the uh, keynote speaker for the April 4th, 53rd observation or, or a remembrance of the assassination of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And that's going to be streamed live on mlkcc.org, the website that Stephanie Ogle has put together, and you'll be talking to her later. Everything will be happening out of Converge Media. And uh, so I want to, Pastor Braxton, for the folks that don't, they do know you, but if you could just share a little bit about your background and what you're doing right now, what the priorities are, especially with this COVID-19 pandemic we're facing, 
and the impact it's having on the church? Uh, well, first of all, um, Eddie, thank you for having me on the show today. And only for Eddie Rye would I take on a speaking engagement on the evening of Easter after all of what goes into that. So, uh, but we're looking forward to the program. I am from uh, Tacoma and was theologically trained back east at Kogi Rochester Divinity School and started my pastoral career at First Shiloh Baptist Church, where I pastored 12 years until I succeeded Reverend Dr. Samuel Barry McKinney at Mount Zion Baptist Church for six years from 1999 until 2005 when we started New Beginnings. And our holistic ministry has always been about personal salvation and social justice, uh, kind of combination of Micah 6, 8, what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with thy God. And on the other side of the coin of faith is John 3:16, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And you never separate the two, personal transformation and social justice. Our ministry at New Beginnings I'll convert you into sanctuary, I'll educate you in the education wing, I'll get you fit uh, and healthy in uh, in our gym and in our fitness rooms, and um, we'll feed you healthy food out of our commercial kitchen, and we're going to aim to set you free in terms of social justice and our outreach ministries. Through this pandemic, we have, we have repurposed choirs and stuff that have not been in commission uh, and made them part of a feeding crew feeding thousands of lunches to kids that were made home, that were at home because schools were closed and virtual only, uh, to relieve the budgets of families. Uh, we have um, provided uh, toys and stuff at Christmas time. We turned the property into a winter wonderland, had our um, uh, uh, Christmas drive up, giving gifts away and gift cards to uh, needy families. Um, and we have been seeing seniors, people at the Section 8 apartment building across the street, uh, and homeless shelters. We have also been a site for COVID testing, and now for the last two months, we've been a site for uh, vaccine distribution as part of the equity project, uh, getting African Americans to have equal access or at least better access to the vaccination as uh, majority uh, citizens. And so we've been doing our part to minister to body, mind, uh, and spirit. We continue to emphasize education at all levels so that people become employable and, and basically doing whatever we can to help people along in the journey of life and to fight against those systems and structures that uh, wrongfully advantage some and disadvantage others. One of the issues I have been very vocal about and partnered near and far with is um, uh, voter justice because we are in one of the most suppressionist eras in American history. Uh, the voter suppression wave you see across this country, including over 43 states and almost 300 bills, uh, makes the old Jim Crow voter suppression um, look like uh, child's play because that included only the 12 states of the former Confederacy. And now we're talking about 43 states behaving like the Confederacy. So there's a lot of work to be done in terms of uh, making our world a better place, realizing any notion of the kingdom of God, and certainly even making this nation a more perfect union. That's my hurry-up, no-huddle version. Well, I just want to make sure that you give uh, the people who are looking for that kind of assistance and leadership 
both spiritually as well as they're uh, uh, bettering their, their, their day-to-day lives. Can you give out uh, the website information for New Beginnings Christian Fellowship? Our website is thenbcf.org. That's T-H-E, as in the word the, V-N, as in Nancy, B as in boy, C as in coffee, F as in football.org. Thenbcf.org, our website, which will give you directions to the church, uh, worship times virtually and in person, which we start again on Easter as people are fully vaccinated. All of our youth programs, senior programs, outreach programs, it's all there. And anything that's not there, it gives you contact information for the church office that we can get back to you on any questions that remain. Okay, let's turn back to uh, the Easter program, uh, which is also the 53rd anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. And we will be recognizing people for the work they've done. Some of them will be on the air today, like right after you, Pastor Robert L. Manaway from Tabernacle will be on. He's being recognized for heading up the McKinney Coalition that secured the building, the property at 22nd and Jackson, which formerly was SOIC, SVI, and now the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority. So uh, you are the keynote speaker on uh, Sunday. I think you'll be speaking right after the bells ring 53 times commemorate, uh, acknowledging the number of years that Dr. King has been gone. So can you just take a few minutes to share with us about your reflections on Dr. King and also uh, on the program on Sunday? Well, I often remind people that Martin Luther King Jr. is the only individual in American society beside Jesus Christ where his birthday is a national holiday. Not Abraham Lincoln, not George Washington. We have President's Day, which is all-inclusive, And then we have Christmas, which is Jesus' birth, and then we have Martin Luther King Day. Because in the the collective mind, in the majority mindset, uh, it is believed that Martin King best uh, personifies uh, what, what the framers meant by a more perfect union. And even in their imperfection, they nonetheless committed to paper a vision of a nation. That was best articulated by Martin Luther King, uh, Jr. Uh, One writer said that George Washington fought to make America, Abraham Lincoln fought to preserve America, but Martin Luther King, Jr. fought to make America work. And we're still trying to make America work the way it's written. And some said Dr. King could preach the Constitution um, as well as he could preach the Scriptures because he was at, at, at his core a Baptist preacher who believed in a holistic faith. And so it's an honor to preach on that day, because the black church at its best has always pushed for the personal salvation and transformation offered by the gospel of Jesus Christ and the justice of God, which in the words of Cornel West is how love looks in public. Niebuhr said that justice is the expression of love between groups. And if the Bible is clear, love ye one another, it means then do justice to one another, because the, uh, and the opposite of love is hate. So injustice is hate, and love is justice. And so uh, we continue that fight um, in American society to make it more inclusive, make it more open, make it more just, make it more fair, um, so, and make it more humane so that people can live out their lifelong possibilities and purposes. And I am honored to be uh, speaking at a program where you are honoring people who have given their life to that fight, people like Robert L. Manaway, um, people like Paul Bentz at the uh, Faith Action Networks, um, who I just did a, a, a podcast with them over four or five weeks on white fragility. Uh, 
uh, people like Mayor Murray and others. So we, we, we are excited to be on the program on Sunday. Sir, I want to thank you very much. And I want everybody to know if you tune in uh, on Easter Sunday afternoon from 5 to 6.30 at uh, mlkcc.org, you can hear Pastor Braxton. I think his presentation is right after the bells ring 53 times, about 6.01. So Reverend Dr. Leslie David Braxton, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for all the service and your justice, your drum being a drum major for justice. We appreciate your efforts. So thank you, sir. See you Sunday. All right. Thank you, Eddie. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay, Eric, we're going to take a quick break and come back with Pastor Reverend Dr. Robert L. Manaway after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hello, my name is Hayward Evans, co-convener of the Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration Committee, MLKCC. Annually, we present programs that highlight Reverend Dr. King and local civil rights leaders that made significant contributions to better our community. Easter Sunday, April 4th, is the 53rd anniversary of the assassination of Reverend Dr. King. Due to the COVID-19, this year's program will be live streamed on the SeattleMLKCC.org website. There will be music, and four local civil rights leaders will receive their awards. Again, that's Sunday, April 4th, 5 o'clock, 53rd anniversary of the assassination of Dr. King. For more information, call 206-778-6357. That's 206-778-6357. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet. We're back at Urban Forum Northwest with Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Uh, we just heard from uh, Attorney Benjamin Crump and also from Reverend Dr. Leslie uh, D. Braxton. And we now have one of the award recipients on, Reverend Dr. Robert L. Manaway Sr., who was the chair of the McKinney Coalition, responsible for having that facility on 22nd and South Jackson, used to be SOIC, 
originally brought here by Reverend Dr. Sammy Berry McKinney and SVI and a few other names. But anyway, it's the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority. And we're honored because of the fact uh, Reverend Manaway is on the line with us now. So, Doctor, how you doing? Brother Eddie, you know, I'm doing well, sir. Uh, there may be some things to complain about, but I can't find one right now. Okay. <laughs> God is good. Well, well, we certainly do appreciate your leadership and your work on uh, stopping the gentrification on 22nd and Jackson and having returning that facility back to its original purpose. So we very, very much appreciate that. So, uh, Reverend Manor, why don't you just take a couple of minutes and talk a little bit about your house, about uh, uh, Tabernacle, well, I'll just say God's house. You are, you are, the, you are the shepherd, but why don't you just take a few minutes and talk about uh, Tabernacle? I mean, you know, uh, you got here uh, when you at the first reception they had for you. Somebody said, "Oh, there's a pastor over there," and I, was, I said, "You mean is that the pastor's son?" You were looking about 14, but you still look good. You look about 25 now, so you're doing good. So why don't you just share a, few, uh, a little information about the, about the uh, tabernacle itself and what's happening? Well, uh, first of all, brother Eddie, thank you so much for uh, allowing me this opportunity to just come and just uh, speak a word about uh, what I consider to be one of God's good places on earth. Uh, I know there are a lot of great churches. A lot of them are right here in Seattle, but God has blessed me to have the privilege of overseeing the one we know as uh, the old generation called it Tabernacle, but we call it Tabernacle. And many of the young people back in the basement called it uh, the house that do saints. So we are here. Uh, you are right. We got here now 37 years ago. We were 24 years old. We turned 25 right prior to coming to Seattle. And the Lord has just blessed us to have some tremendous experiences here. Uh, one of those of which is being able to witness the gentrification of the Central District. Brother, you can remember in 1983-84, this community was almost 78 to 83% African-American owned and businesses and operated and resident. And now here we are, those 37 years later, and maybe 13 or less percent of our community uh, here in the Central Area are African-American, African-American descent. And so we've seen how this goes from, uh, a matter of fact, right up the street from us, uh, at the corner of 29th and Jackson, I remember a property, two properties being sold, plus the houses. Can you believe this? For $73,000. $73,000 at the corner of 29th and South Jackson Street. Now that property alone, maybe his uh, assessed value is from $1.1 to $2 million. Time has really brought about a change. Also, with it, Eddie, it, it means that since uh, uh, African Americans have um, migrated to South King County, North Pierce County, uh, over on the east side towards Bellevue, and some even as far out as Issaquah, we have members and uh, other individuals who are members of churches. Uh, historically, uh, African American churches who live as far out as Puyallup, Edom, Clark. My God, Gig Harbor, I could go on and on. And so it has forced us to really make sure we are uh, maintaining our Afrocentric identity. Never lose 
ourselves, but at the same time present Christ and Jesus and him crucified to a changing demographic. So the challenge for churches, African-American congregations here in the central area is how do we not lose ourselves, but how do we, in a contemporary cultural ethnic standpoint, reach the church that is indeed outside our doors? That means there are a lot of people who may not look like me, who may not think like me, eat the kind of food I eat, listen to the kind of music I listen to or enjoy or engage in the worship styles that I do. But nonetheless, Christ has given us a mandate to reach them and to show his love for them, for it's not God's will that anyone should perish, but that all men should come to a saving grace in Christ. So that's the challenge for Tabernacle, Mount Zion, Goodwill, New Hope, Mount Baker, Greater New Bethel, New Bethel, Bethel Christian Church, uh, Seattle Church of Christ right down on the next corner for me. And all churches who are still left, first church, first in me, we could go on and on. This is our challenge because many of our members now only come to the city for one sole purpose, and that is to worship in these historic African-American congregations. I could say more, but I think that's, because when we first moved to Seattle back in the early 50s, we used to walk to Mount Zion. But anyway, wow. uh, I want to uh, also say uh, you did a, uh, we want to put you on with Reverend Paul Benz for a minute. You did a, something for him already. He's on the line now and he's retiring and he's been a soldier down in Olympia on our behalf. <laughs> yes, matter of fact, Pastor Manaway, Reverend Paul Benz was in Olympia every day and he kept an eye out for the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority and shared with us a lot of inside information. Reverend Ben, you on the line? I am. I am, Eddie. Reverend Dr. Robert L. Manaway is on the line right now, too. Uh, I, I, I love my brother Manaway. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I could hear his voice already, and I said, I'm, I'm in the right place. Oh, bless you, Paul. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Eddie, always, always a privilege to be on, on, uh, on your show. Thank you. Yeah, for well, both of you guys, both of you guys are honorees for the work that you've been doing. And uh, Pastor Manaway, we're going to have to have you on to go in more detail about all the programs you have. I must say now, you have a, a, a minister over there by the name of Shirley Poston. Yes, I she do. is one busy lady. I get stuff for her yes, all the time. Is. And I got to, she has so much information about helping people. I got to have her on as well. Yes, so sir. I want to th thank you very much. And we, we look forward to seeing, I want your congregants to know that, uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Robert L. Manaway will be on the ML, uh, Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee. Uh, we'll be receiving an award for his leadership for the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority. That will be on from 5 to 6.30 on Sunday, Easter Sunday. It will, you wow. can see it as of uh, Converge Media. It'll be streamed at the SeattleMLKCC.org website. So thank you very much, uh, Reverend Dr. Manaway. We'll talk with you soon. All right. Thank you so much, Eddie. God bless you. Paul, take okay. care. Yes, and you too, Robert. Yes. Okay, Reverend Paul Benz, uh, why don't you start out by taking a minute to explain people that don't know what the Faith Action Network is about and how they were able to keep you in Olympia for the duration of every legislative session for the past, what, 20 years or so? 20 years, yes, indeed, Eddie. Yeah, yeah this, this is the 21st session for me, yes. Yeah, no, thank you, Eddie. And Faith Action Network is uh, for your viewers who, who uh, uh, listeners who don't know, is a statewide uh, 
So uh, we we work across all uh, religious uh, bodies, organizations in our state, uh, uh, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Sikh, Buddhist, um, uh, and we organize, mobilize, and educate all of of uh, all of those folks that uh, that subscribe to advocating for social justice um, in the halls of power uh, to to do that uh, to their elected officials, and uh, whether it be at the local level, at the state level, everybody has three state legislators, um, and at the federal level. So that's that's what we do. Um, we we don't uh, uh, give out food or shelter, that kind of thing, or provide that. But we advocate for governmental programs that will do that and so much more. Um, we're advocating for HR 40 in Congress uh, that Eddie, you have been such a champion of for so many uh, years for for too long, and we're advocating for bills um, in in the legislature right now, this this very week, this very day, uh, um, lobbying, advocating on a driving while license suspended bill, Senate Bill 5226. Um, that impacts communities of color uh, way too much. Driving while poor is oftentimes what it is called, and we need to end those uh, license suspensions for failure to pay. And we're working in the state house right now and having problems with that, just like Manny Ellis's family is having problems with the attorney general. And so we need to get calls into the attorney general that uh, justice delayed is justice denied. And so I'll... Uh, uh, leave it at that for right now in terms of our time, Eddie. Well, I just want to uh, thank you very much for all the work you've done, but you say you're retiring, and we're going to see if we can recruit you as a volunteer. You don't have to be there every day, all day, but on special occasions, we might have to have you come down to Olympia to plead our case because you've been pretty, doing a pretty good job for the past past few years that I've worked with you. Well, yeah, Eddie, I, I, I want to say this. There, there should be an asterisk by, by that word retirement uh, for those of us that, like yourself, that really don't know what retirement is. Um, yes, I will be uh, off of the fan clock. Uh, I will not be an employee of Faith Action Network anymore, but I will be an employee um, of, of our Lord and his work uh, for social justice. And I will be an employee of our community if you know what I mean by that, and, and helping bend, uh, with Dr. King's words, uh, the moral arc towards justice. That's it. So, Reverend Paul Benz, I sure want to thank you, and thank you for all the work you've been doing. And I won't be calling on you anyway, but you said you're, not, you're going to be volunteering, just not on the, on the clock, right? That's, that's right. That's right. And, you know, retirement comes in different ways. It's a new chapter, Eddie, and there may be employment some other place, but um, right now um, that that will be the end with Faith Action Network, but not the end of working for, for justice in the halls of power. I'm sure with uh, the familiarity you have and the influence you have with the legislators, I'm sure that uh, somebody will be calling you about doing some paid lobbying work, sir. Uh, that, that's forthcoming. I know that. So, yep. uh, Reverend Benz, Thank you very much. Congratulations on your award. And I will see you at Converge Media on Sunday at 5 o'clock because you will be there in living color. Okay? I, I, I am looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Eddie and Hayward, for, for uh, the committee and for this award. And I look forward to being being with, with you and Hayward and, and uh, Reverend Braxton on Sunday. You bet. We'll be looking for you, sir. All right. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks, Eddie. Okay. Uh, 
So uh, once again, we we're trying to hook up with uh, Rita. So I tell you what, uh, oh, we have Rita on the line. Rita Green, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? All right. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. Rita Green is the education chair for the Ed area conference for uh, Alaska, Oregon, and Washington. And uh, a lot of people say she's one of the main reasons why a certain superintendent from a certain school district is gone and is leaving early. But uh, we really appreciate all the work she's done. Uh, she has documentation second to none. And when she pleads her case for justice, she has the backup. So I really appreciate the work you've been doing. I appreciate your leadership and I'll follow you anywhere because you always have your stuff together. So Rita, why don't you take a few minutes and just talk to our listeners about some of your background and what you've been doing. Yeah, so thank you so much, Eddie. And I really appreciate you guys for um, recognizing the work, but do know that I do this for my people, right? So I don't have to have the recognition, but it's always nice to know that people are watching the work that you do because you know that this work is done on a volunteer basis, but we have to do it because somebody has to stand up for our kids. And that's basically my, my background is I started doing this because I was advocating for my son. And along the way, I found out that there wasn't really anybody in the schools advocating for black kids. And so that's why I am doing what I'm doing today. I met with Gerald, like, I don't know, 2014 or so. And I'm like, okay, hey, I want to be the education chair for the NAACP because there's nobody out there fighting for our kids. And he brought me on and I've been there ever since. My son has graduated from school and college now and I'm still doing it. So it, because there's a need and we that's just need more commitment. people to help us do this work. I'm sorry. I said, that's called commitment. And yeah. all I can say and is, it's on uh, both you know, I think our, the, as much as our, black kids are being harmed so are our black educators and administrators as we saw what was happening in seattle public schools and they're not the only one by any means but it was just so prevalent there that we had to address it well i tell you one thing you addressed it very very well and uh like i said we have an interim superintendent coming in right now and that's one of the reasons why the martin luther king commemoration committee saw that you were the education advocate and that is why on sunday uh, you will make your presentation because we know the COVID 19 pandemic prevents us from coming all together and we're doing things because the cases are going back up i'm a little worried about that even though i've had both shots i'm masking up if i go in the store and i'm washing my yeah. hands when i leave so yep. but anyway yep. Mia, i really do like i said i'm gonna we want to have you on frequently because you're involved in so much. So when any issue yeah. comes up pertaining to education, not children, please let us know so we can get you back on the air. And we will see you on Sunday. Thanks for everything that you do, man. Okay. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye, though. Okay. Uh, I think we have our next guest on, Luis Navarro. Uh, Luis, are you on? I'm on. Okay. Luis Navarro, I think, uh, received an award from uh, the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee and I think it was August 28th, uh, 2019. Yes, sir. A yeah, day so that I do not forget. What day was that, sir? A day that I will not forget, August 2019. Okay. So anyway, uh, to give people uh, some kind of clarification, the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, naturally, we uh, work with the Martin Luther King Organizing Coalition 
for the annual holiday. Uh, Haywood Evans and I, my co-host, we are an integral part of the MLK committee. As a matter of fact, in 1983, I helped organize the first MLK march uh, about some inconsistencies in the city of Seattle. And uh, Louis Navarro has been involved with advocating for our businesses in our community. And that is one of the reasons why he did receive that award because of the fact uh, he was an outstanding advocate from the Port of Seattle, uh, doing a very good job because there were some trying times and we were able to make it through. Uh, still feel sorry for the people at the airport. They're not back up yet, but I'm certain that the Port Commission will take care of those folks. So, Louis, why don't you just give us a couple of quick uh, reflections on uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, because you've been a part of a part of the MLKCC committee now. So I want you to just give our, our listeners a, a couple of reflect of your reflections on Dr. King, his work, and where how that has helped you navigate a lot of the the, in, the, the obstacles in American society. Thank you, Eddie and Hayward and the entire MLK committee, uh, not only for having me uh, as part of the awardees list in 2019, something that I will cherish for, for forever, for as long as I live, because it means two things. One, that um, you recognize the work that um, we have done uh, with the Port of Seattle to move it in a more equitable and a more community-based uh, format. So the Port of Seattle prosperity is shared with all in the community, but in particular with the communities of color immigrants and refugees that have been uh, so impacted in particular with the COVID-19 pandemic. So that is one. And two, it represents the work that it remain, that remains to be done, not only at the Port of Seattle, but in our society at large, but particularly at the Port. We've been working with support from the commission, the commissioners, our executive director, and the senior director in the Office of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, where I'm at, to make sure that the port becomes an anti-racist, anti-racist organization. And I remember, Eddie, when you were so direct on the Port of Seattle, speaking of the racist behaviors that we exhibited as an organization. And fast forward to today, we're making uh, anti-racism part of our uh, work every day at the Port of Seattle that the systematic uh, barriers that have been created for over a hundred years at the port uh, are eliminated. So our folks of color, small businesses, and workers can obtain a good career paying job. I'm currently the director of workforce development of the Port of Seattle, and I am working directly with community organizations like the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle and the Northwest Carpenters Institute and the Iron Workers and other um, important labor groups to make sure that um, black and BIPOC community members, and in particular women of color, are uh, being accepted and respected in the trades. So I am really pleased to announce that uh, it is a new day at the port. There is much more work to do, but the work of uh, Martin Luther King uh, has really always been uh, a guiding light, a north star for me, and I continue to follow his teachings, and I will continue to do that through my work and in my personal life. Thank you. Louis, uh, thank you for that, and I want to say that 
Uh, I have really, uh, I see the, the poor commissioners, Fred Feldman, Ryan Calkins, Sam Cho, Peter Steinbrook, and uh, Stephanie Bowman, uh, are all uh, fairly progressive, and uh, uh, also the uh, executive director, Steve Metric, and Mian uh, Rice is doing a great job as well in terms of uh, bringing the port around. I can't say enough about Lance Little and Don Hunter. Lance Aviation Manager Don Hunter is uh, uh, director of uh, airport dining and retail. And uh, we know that was, uh, years ago there were some problems, but Don Hunter takes care of business, things are getting squared away, but no one can help you know, battling this COVID-19. You're not gonna have the same number of people coming and hopefully everybody makes it. And hopefully the people on Concourse 8, my friends, at Africa Lounge and Mountain Bar and Dave Fukuhara and Concourse Concessions, hopefully there is some compensation or consideration for folks on Concourse A because I understand business is down 90%. So anyway, Louis Navarro, thank you very much, brother. And we will see you uh, on uh, Sunday, okay? Thank you very much. And I encourage, encourage your radio listeners to connect with the Port of Seattle for workforce opportunities and and the trades, those are great paying jobs and other opportunities, and we'll be happy to connect them with the organizations and the communities. Thank you. Okay, Luis Navarro, thank you very much. Award winner from August 28, 2019 from the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee for his outstanding community work and providing opportunities at the Port of Seattle. Thank the Port Commissioners, me and Rice, Steve Metric. You guys keep being progressive and aggressive to make sure equality for all. So we're gonna take a quick break and come back. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress.
Hello, my name is Hayward Evans, co-convener of the Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration Committee, MLKCC. Annually, we present programs that highlight Reverend Dr. King and local civil rights leaders that made significant contributions to better our community. Easter Sunday, April 4th, is the 53rd anniversary of the assassination of Reverend Dr. King. Due to the COVID-19, this year's program will be live streamed on the SeattleMLKCC.org website. There will be music, and four local civil rights leaders will receive their awards. Again, that's Sunday, April 4th, 5 o'clock, 53rd anniversary of the assassination of Dr. King. For more information, call 206-778-6357. That's 206-778-6357. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Eddie Ryan back at Urban Port Northwest with Hayward Evans is on the road right now working on the April 4th event. And one of the key components to Urban Forum Northwest the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee is one person by the name of Stephanie Ogle, who is our webmaster. As long as she's been doing Urban Forum Northwest and MLKCC, she's never been on the air. So it was past time for Stephanie Ogle to step up to the plate and let people know who she is. So welcome to Urban Forum Northwest, Stephanie, which you've been working on for years, and now you're on the radio. So uh, let the folks know how you're doing, what you've been doing, and how you do it. Thank you, Eddie. Thanks for having me. And um, I'm just like one of those behind the scenes type of people. So this is kind of a little nervous for me. So, uh, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. And it's all, it's always been a pleasure to work with you and for you in maintaining and, and creating the website. Uh, if I don't, I'm sure you remember, it was way back in 2010. So we've been working together for quite a while and it's been enjoyable very much so. And why don't you just uh, uh, share, because a lot of folks are saying, oh, you know, she needs to have her own company. Well, she did. Uh, you did have your own company. You still are yeah. a consultant. And we expect for you to work with us on uh, the MLK Gandhi Project, the MLKCC, as well as Urban Forum Northwest. So yeah. we, find you a couple of, we find you a couple of more venues, especially <laughs> with the MLK Gandhi thing. Now, you might have to come with us full time. Okay. It'll be worth it, though. It'll be financially worth it. It'll be financially rewarding. Oh, I believe you. I believe you. Yeah. But yeah, it's like. Uh huh. So it's again, it's it's been a pleasure to help out wherever I've been able to, or whenever you needed my assistance. And it's something that I just I really enjoy, and I'm actually taught myself um, how to maneuver with websites and all other stuff. And we're talking years and years and years ago, so. Um, it's it's it, it's fun to learn new things, and I love I love technology. So, well, that's why that's why I really think uh, MLK Gandhi gonna have gonna have a place for yeah. you. I know that. And have me busy. So, have me busy. Probably more busy. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, it might be one of those situations where uh, that'll be your main office. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it'll, it'll be it'll be worth your while. Right. So now, Stephanie, uh, you originally from Pittsburgh? Yes. Pittsburgh, okay, no, that's why you have the Steelers stuff on all the time, right? All the time. All the time. Always have to represent Pittsburgh no matter what, win, lose, or draw. So, so Stephanie, for the people who are not involved in technology, can you give mm-hmm. people some kind of idea, the best way for them to get in there until we get MLK Gandhi started? What would you um, suggest to people in terms of if they want a future in, uh, in uh, technology? I would say, like, study a lot of the, the technology trends that are uh, 
I mean, technology is changing. I mean, something could be hot uh, one month and six months from now, it's a totally different um, process or, you know, something else is trending. So to me, it's like I'm always trying to keep up on what other websites look like and some of the new uh, things or tools that are implemented on websites and just, you know, just stay at it and keep practicing and uh, researching. And again, just taking notes and uh, looking at the trends that are coming out. Okay. Well, Stephanie, I'll tell you what, uh, we want to have you back on the day, you know, we have, we're promoting the program mm -hmm. uh, for uh, Sunday from 5 to 6.30. And since you're the webmaster, how can they see that program on the MLKCC website? Well, I know first and foremost, we're uh, I'm probably going to still work out the total details for that, but for sure, if they go to, if anybody wants to view it, because I'm sure we we can do the, a live stream uh, through Converge on the Facebook page uh, right. for the yeah, so they can probably they can view it that way as well. So if people can't, oh gosh, I got to pull it up real quick. The it's our face the Facebook page. Oh my goodness, you caught me off guard. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, it's, yeah, it's for the it's for the MLKCC. Um, it's on the front, page. Yeah, it's on the front yeah. page of the facts. It's in the medium, too, so it's right. there. Okay, right. Stephanie, we don't have that much time today, but we're going to have you back on because you're an okay. integral part of MLK Gandhi, MLKCC, and Urban Forum Northwest. So thank you very much. Thank you, and, Eddie. And stay safe. We'll talk with you again soon. Most definitely. You, too. Okay, we're going to be okay. real close on Sunday because make, make sure everything goes right, okay? Absolutely. All right. Take All right, care. Now. Thank you. Okay. Happy Resurrection uh -huh. Sunday to you, too. Thank you. You, too. All right. Okay. Uh, that was uh, Stephanie Ogle, who is uh, the webmaster for Urban Forum Northwest MLKCC. And uh, I guess we are almost out of time. So what I'm going to do is say thank you to Liz Alzir, City of Seattle Purchase and Construction Services, uh, Leslie Jones and Tim uh, Callahan down at Sound Transit. Uh, me and Rice at the Port of Seattle, uh, Dave Fukuhara, Concourse Concessions, Rod O'Neill and Jerry Whitsitt, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. Don't forget to check out the special on Easter Sunday, 5 o'clock. Go to mlkcc.org. Eric, thank you very much for your service today, and we'll talk with you again next Thursday.